Uh, quick basketball update. A couple weeks we played. We didn't talk about it last weekend, but we are officially the worst team in the league. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, come on. We lost to the other 0-5 team, so we are, uh, we are winless. We have two games left. One of them is today at 2 p.m. Uh, if you want to come down for a good laugh, it should, uh, should be good. But uh, I don't know. I feel good about today. Do you feel good? Where's Brett? How are you feeling, Brett? Dave, you feel good. You look like you feel good. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. So uh, if you're interested, 2 p.m. at uh, West Park. Um, but yeah, uh, we're going to be getting into a series in, in coming weeks uh, uh, regarding the names of God. This has sort of been on my heart and some of the bigger like Old Testament names like um, Elohim and, and Jireh and how they identified God in those times. But, but then I just had in my heart just sort of a one-off message about um, about being unplugged and the need for us to unplug from time to time and what that looks like in our lives. And, and we'll kind of wrap up some of the, the Easter story uh, at the end of this. But, you know, we live in a very hyper-connected world, right? And, and some of us are, are, are better, uh, do better with this than others. But most of us, even if you don't want to be, your, your jobs, a lot of our jobs kind of pull us into this hyper-connectivity. And our, we have digital devices strapped to our bodies and we have phones and there's just buzzing everywhere. And this is sort of how it goes. And it's hard to catch a break. And we've sort of lived with it in proverbial like frog in the pot like well it's just the way it is now we're just always sort of buzzing and connected and people need me and we're just accessible you know 24 7. and it's changing the way that that sort of we relate to one another and we have to believe that changes the way we're going to relate to god right so this is happening all the time in our life how does it impact my faith and my spirituality and one of the things I, I love doing when we have time, I, I love movies, right? I love watching movies. I love, I love I'll watch them at home. I love going to the theater. But I've shown this before, but I love being in the movie theater because it's, it's really like a no-phone zone, right? It, it's, you're supposed to have them off. And some people still have them on. It really irritates me. And I'll be like, dude, turn off your phone or get off your phone. And usually it's like, well, what if something happens? happens? Like, something is happening. Like, right now. Like, the movie is happening. We're just here right now. But we've kind of learned to be like, well, I can't totally shut down because what if? This stuff happens. We didn't always live that way. And so we try to talk about this idea of spending time with God, connecting with God through worship, through prayer, through the text. It's almost like there's this other thing happening all the time. So how do we, how do we break that? How do we disconnect? How do we unplug so that we might reconnect? Amy and I got away for a couple nights uh, earlier this week just to this exotic place called Solvang. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Uh, but it's super fun. You know, it's, 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 you know, a little over an hour, and we've been to Solvang. I wasn't, I didn't really know what to expect, and, and we thought maybe we'd venture some of the other towns and, and, and do wine tasting or whatever, but we got to just spend time in Solvang, and it was just really fun. We were just there. Like, we were due for a getaway. Uh, we needed a break. We needed to unplug a little so that we could connect, right? This idea of we need to disconnect so that we can, we can reconnect. And those are great ideas, right? It it's, seems simple in some ways, but often it's not as easy to execute. Right? When we need to take time off, and we, we know we need that, we know we need break, that's why we, you know, we go camping, or we have vacation, or we just take days off to stay home. It's why students get breaks, right? It's why we all, we all need breaks, right? It's why companies are always looking, how do we, how do, we do this? We're toying with things like you know, four-day work weeks. It's, we, need, we need more breaks, we need more pause, we need more opportunity to disconnect. We need to occasionally be able to stop the to-do list that is just always running in so many of our minds, to power down even your anxiety that you sort of live with on a low level every day, right? To maybe turn off the email, uh, to hop off social and just being involved in everyone else's business just for, even for a few moments. Because it's not sustainable for us to be running all the time, right? We just run all the time. 
And then we target these breaks somewhere. Sometimes there's going to be a break. At some point, there's going to be a break. It's just a season. It's just a season. It's just a season. And how many times you've told yourself that? How it's just a season. It's just a season. Well, it seems like it's always just a season. But how do we manage that? Anne Lamott, uh, author, my favorite author, has this great quote, my favorite quotes of recent. It says, almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. Right? And we kind of know this, right? When something's not working, your printer, you know, your washing machine, whatever, computer, just like, if I just unplug it or I power it down or power it back on, a lot of times it sorts itself out. Everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. Right? And it's so important in our own lives, right? We target maybe the bigger vacations, but sometimes you just need a few minutes, five minutes, a half hour. But how do we do that? Right? We, 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 we would love to plan a long, you know, my wife and I, you know, weeks in Europe, but, but sometimes you just need to get a day or a date or a couple nights. And you know, as couples, when, when you're away and there's, you know, maybe you don't really have a plan, we're just going to get away. It can be really fun. It is really fun, but it could also be a very risky situation. Right? Everything and everyone is fine when you're, you don't have a plan until someone gets hungry, right? And then it's like, where should we eat? Followed by the dreaded follow-up question, I don't know, where do you want to eat? And that can go on for a while. It can get complicated. So even taking a break, taking a pause can be complicated. So even on this trip, we're away, and I, I knew one place. I knew, I knew one place I wanted to go to to get us started for, for the first dinner, and that, you know, that was enough. That got us off the ground, and we figured it out from there. So getting started with more, maybe a more sustainable life, because some of you know you're just, my life is not sustainable at this pace. You know, a more restful life, a more contemplative life. Sometimes you just need the next step. You don't need to counter the rest of your life. You just need the next step. Right? And getaways are great. Like getaways are great for a night or, or two nights. And, but most of us have experienced that, that just living for the next getaway is not a healthy way to live. Right? We need something more integrated. And we're fighting this, this sort of just extreme, right, this, this digital age, this, this age of access. I'm just reading some stats out of a study they did uh, recently on just our connectivity. And it says this, one of the, one of the, opening, one of the opening stats was 50% of people prefer to communicate digitally rather than in person. 50% of people, right? And I, and I kind of know this sometimes. Like, I don't want to get on the phone. I just want to do an email or a text. But this impacts other relationships. Half the people in here would rather te you know, text you than talk to you. Right? How does that impact your relationship with your, with your wife or your husband? Right? Half the guys in here, wives, would rather just text you than talk to you. No, that's not true. Well, maybe some of you. Sometimes. No, but it, but it impacts us, so we can't pretend it doesn't impact us. The average American spends five hours and 24 minutes on their mobile device each day. Right? The average person. Now, some are more, some are less. And a lot of us would say, well, I, I also work from my phone. Right? I, I mean, I, I do that. My wife does that. We're on our phone. It's not just like I'm doing nothing, but it's part of our life. We spend that much time on it. Americans check their phones on average 96 times per day. Sounds kind of like a lot, but once every 10 minutes. Most of us would be like, once every 10 minutes? Like, that's, oh, what a long time to wait. <laughs> the average American touches their phone 2,617 times per day. For heavy users, that number can reach over 5,000. Now, it sounds crazy, but it, this was counting just touch. So every time you've, you've reached for your phone and fumbled in your phone in panic because you thought you might have forgot it or lost it. Right? You ever do this? Like, oh, gosh, got it. Whew. It's all those times. Overall, the, the average smartphone owner will unlock their phone at least 150 times a day. 61% uh, of those in this, in this poll admitted to being addicted to the Internet and their devices. 
67% of all cell phone owners find, have found themselves checking their device even when it's not ringing or vibrating. And there's a syndrome, phantom vibration syndrome. It's like phantom limb syndrome. And it's described as a tactile hallucination as the brain perceives the vibration that is not present. Right, so this connectedness is having neurological effects on our body. And so if we, if we can acknowledge that, at least look at that, well, what, is, how's it, what does that look, for, look like for me relationally with other human beings? What does that look, for me, look like for me spiritually to connect with the divine? 33% of people admit to hiding from family and friends to check their social media. You're at a family dinner, or we're out with friends, like, oh man, I, they don't have their phones out, I kind of want to look at my phone. Oh, I've got to go to the restroom. You know, rip through it real quick. People do that, we do that. 95% of people use some type of electronics in the hour leading up to bed, even though we know artificial light from screens increases alertness and suppresses the hormone melatonin by up to 22%. And this isn't everybody, maybe it's not you, but I think we all have something that we know we need to unplug from, take a break from. But maybe it's sports, or it's TV, or it's work. And our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thought. Even if you don't want it to be, there's something sort of driving your thought process. You know, it's, it, it, it's work, it's someone you, know, you want to be with, it's, it's, it's the next trip, it's that family member, it's money. Whatever that thing is, in the back of your mind, those thoughts are driving, they're driving the direction of your, of your life. And this connectivity and this being overwhelmed sometimes with just life and our inability to unplug right, is, disrupt, is disruptive to our relational ecosystem, the one that God designed for us. We strive to connect with one another in God. One of the most uh, well-known uh, verses in the, in the Bible is this, uh, in Psalm 46. is, be still, know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I am God. And be still, the word still comes from this, the root word rapha. And rapha would mean also to translate it to let go, to forsake, to abandon, to surrender, right? to let go, to let go. To let go and know that I'm God. Oh, what do I have to let go of? Right, because to be still is a nice idea, but often to get to stillness, you, a lot of us have to unplug a lot of things. We have to get out, let something else go. Most of our lives anymore, we run like these giant power strips, and we just plug in as many things as we can until something burns out, right? Until we blow a switch somewhere. We, we blow a fuse. Well, I can just I can get one more in. I can get one more. It's like the old cartoons. There's just plugs in everywhere, and it's like little sparks coming out of it. We can't plug into stillness if there's, if there's no room. We can't plug into stillness unless we let go, we surrender, abandon something else. And so for you and I, we have to be able to let go so that we might receive. I think for most of us in here, if we consider this, this idea of, of, of connecting with God, like most of us, we want to feel more of God. I want to see more of God. I want to hear more of God. And yet we're all often unwilling to turn something off so that we might tune in. Ever been with lunch with someone or hanging out with someone? We're all kind of guilty of this. I don't want to come down on anyone too hard, right? We're all, we've all done this stuff. If you're hanging out with someone at your lunch and they just keep looking at their phone or watch, or you're in a conversation with someone, you know, over dinner or just at a meetup and they're just sort of like always kind of like something else is going on the whole time, right? We all have done that. We've all been part of that, right? We struggle to be fully present. Oh, yeah, I'm having a great time with you, but I'm also kind of like doing some other stuff. Right? This describes most of our experiences with one another or ourselves. This also describes our experience when we try to connect with God. Right? And God is not the one on his phone. 
God is always the most present person in the room, fully present. And he's gracious, right? You give God a couple of minutes, you get distracted, he's not leaving. You know, he's cool. He's like most of us, oh, whatever. You go, go for it, check it. We'll, we'll talk when you get back. But it comes, becomes problematic for us when we want to hear from God. And we really just don't know how. And so we don't just unplug from ourselves either. We unplug so we might be filled up so we have something to be poured out. Right? Being unplugged and, and embracing stillness and rest isn't fully selfish because I need me time, which is fine. And so you might be filled, filled up so you have something to give. Right? We know this for our families. I just, need to, I just need a pause so I can do this better. I need to take time with God. I need to be still. So I, can, I need this. My gosh, if I don't have a chance to kind of pause or just running around, I can't, I can't do this. But any of us, in our, own, our own circles, our own lives, our own families, our own friends, our own workplaces, right, we need a chance to be still, to be, to be filled up. We unplug so we have something poured out. Right? So it's not just a sort of selfish idea to hear from God. There's this message in Isaiah 30, kind of deep Old Testament stuff. And this is around 700 BC, and the people of Israel, Israel, right, is the Old Testament, um, kind of the main character in the Old Testament, the main, the central character by way of people group, God is the main character, but, but Israel is the main people group throughout the Old Testament. And at this time, they've had a nation that had done well, they've had some ups and downs, but what we find around 720 BC is this Assyrian Empire, I don't have a map today, but the Assyrian Empire is growing, and they overtake the northern part of Israel, they overtake the northern kingdom, they conquer it. This is around 700, 700 BC, 720 BC. And so the half, top half of Israel is now dominated by Assyria. And the bottom half is like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? This is about 700 BC. This is about 20 years after it's been conquered. We're going to look at this passage. So they're in the south of, 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 the, of Assyria. And beneath them, in the south of, of southern Israel, is Egypt, which is another world power. And someone who, if you remember, Israel has history with. Israel and Egypt haven't always gotten along. And so what southern, the southern kingdom does, is, oh my gosh, Assyria is coming. They've already taken the northern part of our kingdom. What are we going to do? Uh, Egypt's down there. They're probably going to want to conquer us. What they do is they, is they make a deal with Egypt. They try to make a treaty with Egypt. They try to figure this out. Like, oh my gosh, we're in trouble. We know Egypt's bad, and they've got all these other gods, and they've been bad to us in the past, but this guy, well, let's just maybe try to figure this out with them. And they sort of take matters into their own hand. And the prophet Isaiah speaks this. This, is a, this will be the word of the Lord to Israel after this happens. This is what the sovereign Lord, sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest, it's this Hebrew word, nashat. In repentance and rest is your salvation. Right? Salvation being saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. You would have none of it. And God is giving an, a, a, a way. You would, he said you would have none of it. You would have none of it. So God would advise in such a way, trust me, trust me, listen to me, draw close to me. So you would have none of it. And it's really an issue of trust. It's really an issue of trust. So for the people group, they see a problem coming, they immediately think, how do we figure this thing out? And they get right to work on it. Well, we know we got a relationship here, we can talk to this person. If we move some things around, maybe they can help us out. Doesn't seem like a great idea, but, but instead of going to God first, Instead of embracing this idea of stillness, let me let go of that just for a moment. Because it's, it's, hey, this was a real problem. Some of us have real problems. I'm not saying we don't. Let me put it down for a second. Let me unplug the problem just for a second. And let me be still. Let me find some rest in God. But God said, you would have none of it. 
And this is anyone who's ever known something, and you just continue to do the other thing anyway. This is all of us who've been like, ah, I need to get off my phone. I need to spend less time on my phone. And many of us have thought that. We know that. But someone's like, ah, but you would have none of it. You would have none of it. And just stop worrying so much. Right? This would be like the Lord's word. Hey, you just stop worrying so much. This is from the scripture. I've told you to stop worrying so much, but you would have none of it. I've told you to focus more on, uh, on the right things, but you would have none of it. You would have none of it. And it's a rebuke to the nation. And we struggle with this because there's stuff to get done. We're looking for solutions like the nation was and answers. And God says, listen, plug into repentance, plug into rest, plug into quietness, plug into stillness, plug into trust. We struggle and there's so much to get done. And we keep busy with all the things that need to get done because these are some good things. Listen, I'm not saying your life doesn't have stuff you have to do. When we keep overly busy with all the stuff we need to get, get done, sometimes good things, sometimes real things, we forget the fact that God might have something unique for you to do. Because your own get-done list is crowding, your, crowding God's opportunity out of your life. Can you sit still long enough to hear what God might have for you? I'm talking about five minutes sometimes. Two minutes. 60 seconds. This is not having to go on a monastic retreat. Those, that would be great too. But in the moment as you walk into a meeting... Pause. Oh my gosh, this meeting's going to have, all this stuff's going to go on. I don't know what I'm going to say. All right, let me breathe. Let me breathe. Let me be still for a moment. Let me unplug that. Let me think about what I'm going to say. Hard, hard conversations with family, with friends, classmates. Unplugging can help us get back on track. We'll just wrap up with the end of this, this story in, in, uh, in John. This is after the Easter story and and if you remember, Jesus had appeared last week to his disciples, and they had this kind of moment with them, and, and then Jesus is gone again, and he has other things to do, he has other people to visit. And in John 21, we're not going to read it all this morning, but in John 21, we find the disciples, Peter and John and the friends, they're all, they're all fishing, they're in Galilee. Jesus had said at one point, uh, meet me in Galilee. They didn't know when he was going to be there, they didn't know what they were going to do, but they went to Galilee. They know Galilee, they're from Galilee, they're fishermen, they're back to fishing. And they're just back to fishing. And so they fished all night long. They fished all night. And these guys are fishermen. They're tradesmen. They, they should have caught something. They fish all night long. They catch nothing. Right? Some of us have heard this story. They catch nothing. Uh, and they're, you know, they're frustrated. And they hear this voice from, from the shore. They hear this voice from the shore. They're you know, presumably not too far off. or They're coming in. And they don't recognize it at first, but the, but, the, but the voice says, hey, try the other side. They're fishing off one side of, of the boat. The nets are on the one side. They seem like not catching anything. So this voice speaks to them and says, hey, try the other side. You guys try the other side. And, and that would be very annoying, right? You know, if you, it's like, you don't think we've tried the other side? Like, we've been fishing all night. We haven't caught anything. You know, people drop some kind of advice on you. And you're like, you don't even know. You don't even know what you're talking about. But they hear this voice and try, try the other side. And, and, and they go to the other side. They fish from the other side, and it just, it's overwhelming. The amount of fish that come in, they, it's like sinking the boat. And it's just this amazing, amazing sort of scene for the disciples. And one of the disciples, John, kind of recognizes, like, I think, I think that's the Lord. Like, that's the Lord. And Peter jumps out. He just doesn't even worry about docking the boat. He just jumps out, and he, and he swims over to Jesus. And it's not some sort of symbolic meeting between the right and left of the, of the boat, but he says, try the other side. And and I love this idea. I was just thinking about this, this, this week for the disciples who are in a context of work. They're fishing. 
Uh, this isn't, uh, they weren't being fishers of men here, they're just fishing. They, they needed to catch fish for, for money, they're at work. And Jesus shows up, and they weren't really looking for him to show up, they weren't expecting him to show up. Um, he showed up in a way that they weren't anticipating. And he speaks to them, and he speaks to them. And it says they didn't recognize him, really, at first, but yet they did it anyway. They, they heard his voice. And I have to believe, in, in some way, there was like, is that, is that the Lord? I'm not going to say it, because I, I don't totally recognize him. I know why, how he got here, why he'd be here, but, but that sounds like the Lord. Right? And, and John, he leans into it, it's like, oh my gosh, it is him. But, you know, they had listened to it. They obeyed that, that voice. Even though they weren't 100% sure, of that voice or where it was coming from, they listened to because there was something in there. There was something, there was just enough in tune because they spent enough time with Jesus that they received that. They received that. And that's the really the, old, that's really the goal for you and I. That's, that's what I want more out of my life. Where I'm doing something that's, that's not, you know, it's not this, we're not, it's not a Sunday, I'm not in a prayer meeting, I'm doing something else. You, know, you hear a voice, it's, oh, that's, in, is that, that's interesting. Is that God? Is God saying to try something else like right now in this environment? In my, does God care about my workplace? Does God care about, care about my class? Does that God care, God care about me on my sports team? Like I'm just doing, oh, wait, is that God speaking right now? And that's really, really where we want to get to. And we get to that point by spending enough time unplugged listening for that voice. The disciples had that. And so I have to believe when they heard it again, like, ah, oh, that. I think that's him. Listen, most of us are never going to be 100% sure on God's voice. I, I, listen, I'm not. <laughs> Very rarely am I overly confident. And I've said this up here before, man, 80% will do it. If you've got an 80% nudge from God, go for it. Just go for it. Go for it. What's the worst that happens? Oh, there wasn't fish on that side either, and it wasn't Jesus. You come in. Man, what if there is fish? What if things change? How oh, the worship guys come up? But I want to pray for us as we just sort of consider this idea. I think for some of us, wherever you're at right now, you, you know, it, you're, you're just kind of in a challenging situation and you need some change. You're not sure how it's going to look and you're thinking through all the stuff and you're spending all this time online, reading all the books and talking to all the people. And maybe there's just a small voice that can help you out. Right? Maybe success isn't like a new boat. Like, oh, we just need a new boat because this boat's not working. We need a new boat. Maybe we just got to go to a new lake. That'll be better. No, we need new gear. We need to get some new gear. That'll, that'll fix everything. If we just can get some new stuff, that'll fix everything. And in this situation, just as Jesus speaks, hey, try the other side. Try the other side. It's our ability to think of God, of God first. Recognizing that, that right voice. So God, we thank you for who you are, Lord. We, 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 uh, Lord, I just, personally, I ask forgiveness, think about the idea of plugging into repentance. Just being overrun with my thoughts and problems and technology and distractions and and it's not unplugging enough for you, Lord. But Lord, help us as a people, God, be able to unplug and connect with you. Disconnect so that we might reconnect. Lord, not just so we feel better, but that's so we can be poured out to others. So it might be a blessing to those around us. We thank you for who you are. In your name, amen.